to Moonwise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, I speak with Dr. Elsbeth Moit about love and how to work with your sexual energy for creativity, manifestation, and enlightenment. We talk about her experiences with life-changing tantric practices, and she shares a simple self-love practice that you can do at home to cultivate more awareness and receptivity in your life. Dr. Elsbeth Moith has assisted thousands of women to create lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their lives and relationships. She's featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy award-winning NBC show, Starting Over. She's the best-selling author of Sexual Enlightenment and the co-founder of Tantra Nova Institute in Chicago. Elsbeth has coached billionaires, innovators, and power couples all over the world. She was nominated as Changemaker at the White House-sponsored 2016 United States of Women Summit in Washington, D.C., and she regularly presents at premier retreat locations around the world. Hello, Elsbeth. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Dorothy, for having me. I'm delighted. Wonderful. Well, uh, this morning I was looking at your website to prepare for our conversation, and I came across your personal mission statement, which I just find so compelling, and I think it's a wonderful place to start. What it reads is, Your personal mission is to be a clearing for people to create joyful wholeness within themselves, then an interweaving of body, soul, mind, and spirit. These give rise to full expression, full self-expression, and then harmonious relationships playing melodiously in the dance of life. So beautiful. Um, And just for our listeners, I want them to know that you've worked with thousands of couples to rekindle and expand their love. Um, But what I'm so curious about today is to talk with you about the idea of wholeness within ourselves. And that is the relationship that women have with themselves before they can co-create with another. And in particular, how sexual energy can be used for manifestation, inspiration, and creativity. So, Elizabeth, can you tell me more about this mission statement and how it relates to women um, working with themselves before they uh, work with others and in the world? The mission statement is really, that you read, is really a great expression of what I'm about, which is that I want to share with women, also with men and couples, how they can come to wholeness within themselves and therefore then become more fully self-expressed, really discovering, or if they have already discovered their gift, to more fully express in the world and be the contribution that they are. Wow. And so when you think of the phrase wholeness within ourselves, what does that mean for you? And yeah, how did how did you come to this? this idea and the practices that you teach? Mm -hmm. What a great question. So so let me give you a little background uh, in the audience, uh, a little background of myself. Um, Now I'm with my partner, Freddy Santal, my beloved and business partner. We have an institute in Chicago called Tantra Nova, 
And um, I was not always a Tantra teacher and intimacy coach. Uh, that came actually more in the later part of my life, in my early 50s. Um, what I was struggling with in my uh, 40s was that while I had gotten really good in my career, I was a management consultant then, really had accelerated at that. However, I was miserable in relationship. And um, I had this pattern of unattracting unavailable men. And at one point, I was so despaired, I thought perhaps lasting intimacy and love won't be part of my life here on Earth. You know, perhaps I have to leave this planet without it. And I said, no, I don't want to give up. And that was the moment when I put myself on a path. And I went to a retreat uh, in the south of France, in Plumville village with Titnatan, this Vietnamese monk. And this eating meditation, walking meditation, sitting meditation, like it was excruciating because I was confronted with my emotions, with my feelings. And I had it wired that, you know, other people were responsible for my feelings. Like, so the lover was responsible for my unhappiness. If he only left his wife, I really would be happy. <clears throat> now, being there, I noticed that I generated all my feelings. From there, it was really opening. I took the practices home and, and my life started to shift. I decided to go to a Tantra workshop uh, because I really wanted to, you know, figure that love thing out, that intimacy thing that was so eluding me and producing so much suffering. And so I did. And within a short while, I really had cracked the code, so to speak. Um, what I discovered in, in the, the healing and the opening of uh, the tantric learning was that I had held distrust towards men. And <clears throat> I didn't know about that. You know, I mean, Dorothy, I was very charming with men. I reeled them in. I mean, I was just, you know, you wouldn't have thought that I was like a distrusting bitch or something. No, not at all. However, underneath, which was not visible to me, there was this undercurrent of distrusting. And so I was not really available. It was not the men, yes, they showed up, of course, unavailable, because I was not available. If you don't trust, guess what? You are not available. And so that all got cleared particularly in a, in a healing ritual that is dedicated to the woman. And what I discovered was that I held distrust in my sexual center. And it's th totally through experience. So what opened up for me, I was reminded through this ritual uh, that I had this experience when I was 18 years old very much in love with my first boyfriend, first intercourse, and it was very painful. So painful that I had to go to the gynecologist, the bill went home to my house, my dad opened it, and all hell broke loose. 
So that was the time when I shut down, when I felt alone, when I felt that nobody was supporting me and also not my dad, just the opposite. And that is when I made that nanosecond decision that men are never really there for you when you need them. Now that trailed through decades of my life and that was in the background that colored everything around myself, my relationship with men, love, intimacy, everything. Now, I did some work um, like therapy in my 30s, which was rather helpful because I finally could talk about my feelings and there was someone who took me seriously and was listening. So I thought it was all completed. However, there was something, we call it a memory on the cellular level that was not accessible to my conscious mind. So I couldn't talk about it, I couldn't access it. However, in that ritual that I experienced, it was a physical opening, it was a touching in that place where I remembered that early memory, earlier memory. And with it, of course, what also came up was re-experiencing the emotional pain, the physical pain. However, it was like opening a valve. You know, first it gets more intense and then the intensity dissipates. And with that, the distrust went. So what opened up for me was deeper trust in myself because that is usually what goes first, then deeper trust in men in general, and then my beloved showed up six months later, Freddy Santal. And I totally attributed to that recalibration of myself, you know, of my sexual self, my love self. I was no longer looking for love outside. I got that I was love already and I could share it with someone, but I didn't need it. So that was the time when I decided I want to share this with other women. You know, women don't have to hold on to, <clears throat> consciously or unconsciously, to anything that is in the background of their past that actually constricts them from being fully themselves. So then I left management consulting and Freddie Santal and I, we created Tantra Nova and now I've worked with thousands and thousands of women and couples and uh, really sharing this message and this opportunity and allowing, you know, the healing of the sexual, emotional and spiritual self. And that allowed me to come into my wholeness. Wow, what a powerful story. And uh what I hear you saying is that tantric practices can help women heal their cellular memory and their sacred space in order to be receptive to truly nourishing relationships, both with themselves and with others. Exactly. Yeah. And it always starts with ourselves. You know, how can I relate to another if I'm all discombobulated, so to speak, as a metaphor, you know? Like if I always like, you know, when energy is off. And for me, it was like there was a disconnect between my heart and my sexual center without me knowing. 
And I didn't come to Tantra to get better orgasms, although that's wonderful too, you know. I already had pretty good orgasms, but the connection from my sexual center, which in Sanskrit is called Yoni, Y-O-N-I, which means sacred space, so much more endearing than, you know, our clinical vagina or all kinds of derogative terms for that beautiful place. Like sacred space is something I honor, I respect, I cherish, you know. Just imagine if you and everybody who is listening were introduced to their sexual center, to her sexual center as a sacred space. How differently had been the trajectory, you know, of our relationship with our sexual self. So I'm going to call her Yoni from now in this conversation, you know. And so the connection of um, connecting with my Yoni as a place of grounding, as a place to listen to, and also as a place for me to connect with my feminine essence. You know, if there is something like um, constricted, or as it was in my case, there was something that held me back, I'm not fully connected to my life force energy, to my feminine essence. And so this opening and clearing is not only availing, you know, more pleasure, more joy, um, more fun in the bedroom by myself or with my beloved. Um, it opens me up to that ever-present life force energy that is sexual in nature. You know, this energy brought us into this life. You and I, we wouldn't be talking here together if it hadn't been for that energy. It's phenomenally powerful. And there's something about the feminine energy that emanates, you know, from our yoni center. And we can either leave it there, you know, restricted, suppressed, and not necessarily by our own doing. No, by the cultural impact, by the collective way of being and feeling about the sexual um, or by the way we grew up, what we learned from our parents or didn't learn, you know. However, now the day has come where we can free ourselves, even freeing ourselves from it, like the generations that have perpetuated the vilification of life or sexual energy, particularly for the woman, you know. Like when a woman... Uh, you know, perhaps a girl of 15 years old has sex for the first time. The boy may go home to his dad. You know, the dad gives him a five, high five and tells him, now you are a man and here are a few condoms. The girl most likely doesn't go home to her mother. There are only few girls I have ever met amongst hundreds and hundreds of women who would have gone to their mom. Because there is a stigma around it that if you are no longer virgin, you may no longer be uh, marriage material, you may be impure, or just, you know, depending on what background you come from. In my household, my dad called me a whore. 
you know. So all of that is still floating around in the universe, you know, so to speak. And so we can free ourselves from that. And I'm really also messenger for that because I know when a woman connects with her beautiful, ever effervescent, alive, feminine, pleasure, sensuous energy, she becomes alive. It's her source, her resource to imbue her physical health, her emotional being, her spiritual well-being. And I want to go even to another place, which is that she can learn to channel that beautiful feminine essence, that beautiful life force energy to imbue, you know, her life's interests, her uh, missions, her visions, her goals. And I'm happy to speak about this more, how to do this in a moment. Yeah, and I would love to do that. Um, one thing that just really comes to mind while you're speaking is this idea that our culture can be quite toxic and repressive in some ways around sexuality, in particular female sexuality. And I think a lot of women kind of had this idea of like, oh, it's it's just down there. Like those are things down there. We don't look at it. We don't think about it much. We kind of pretend that most things that are happening down there aren't happening when we're in polite company. And um, what I love about what you're saying is that this is not only something um, this is not only a part of our body, this is actually a source of power and a source of energy and um, kind of like unlocking and opening that is more than just, oh, I'm awakening my sexuality, you know, sexuality as this like little box that we just kind of stick to the side that's separate from our professional life and our, you know, our romantic love or whatever. It's like, no, these are actually all integrated things. They're all part of a holistic picture of, of the health of a, a being, really. And um, wow, how revolutionary to say, guess what? <laughs> what we call sexuality is actually a source of immense creative um, and healing power. Yes, yes. So let's build a little bit further on this because I want everybody who is listening really get that this is grounded knowledge. This mm -hmm. is not something, oh, it feels good, or like, yeah, my sexual energy, woo-woo, you know, how I can, you know, sex magic. And So let's talk a little bit about energy and human energy so that, that we get the power of it and how, it, how we are wired for it, just like our nervous system we are wired for that energy. And so I am very interested in the work I'm doing, that it's grounded in facts and grounded in science. You know, mm -hmm. so it's not like a feel-good thing. And yes, I may, I may feel really great, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, so human energy is a subject matter we don't learn about in school or college. You know, we may have learned about electrical energy, nuclear energy, thermal energy, but I didn't have one single ounce in biology of what is human energy and how is it transmitted through the body, you know? Mm -hmm. 
at the same time, it's the most powerful energy there is. It brings forth life. Nuclear energy doesn't bring forth life. You know? <laughs> so true. Yeah, and it's curious that we don't get introduced to it. Actually, the opposite. When we become teenagers, it's like, don't go there until you're married. And then when I'm married, whose energy is it? It's always mine. It always has been because otherwise I wouldn't be alive. Now, of course, I can choose to share it with another. How beautiful. Yeah. So we want to return to the self and look at what we can glean from that life force energy that runs through us all the time. So life force energy emanates from the base of the spine and moves in a serpentine way all the way up to the top of the head and then back down again like a DNA shape. It does this all on its own. We don't do it. It's just like blood flow. We don't plug in ourselves in the morning to get our blood flow going. No, it goes on its own all the time. Energy in the same way. And how arteries and veins are the grid for blood flow, the nervous system is the grid for energy flow. So quickly, how energy shows up in us as humans, there are three dimensions we can use as indicators. Why I'm doing this is that I really want to bring this into the realm of the graspable, you know, of the tangible. So the first, um, the first dimension, how we can identify our energy is through the body, the physical where it then shows up as a manifestation of sensation. Like when I feel cold, it's a very different sensation than when I feel hot, the capillaries have opened up, I may feel sweaty, you know? or I have a knot in my stomach. You know, that's the sensation. On the emotional level is the second dimension. I feel sad, I feel happy, I feel angry, I feel love. They have very different frequencies and they can be measured in hertz. Love is said to uh, vibrate at a level of 500 hertz, while anger vibrates at a level of 100 hertz. You know, there's nothing good or bad about love or anger, about these frequency, frequencies. It's a question of how do I want to feel so I have a choice in it. And that is where it comes in, noticing how I'm feeling, that I can actually then choose how I want to feel versus being subjected to some, you know, emotional drive. The third one is our mental, our thought way of thinking, how energy shows up in human beings. Like if I feel, hmm, you know, I am so excited about going to a particular place or I want to become you know, someone in terms of a professional. So I have no clue yet how I'm going to get there, but I know I'm just going to go there. I'll do it. Versus, hmm, I really would like to become that, but I just don't know. I, I think I won't be able to do it. I'm just not good enough. These thoughts affect my emotions and my sensations, you know, like my shoulders fall in when I feel not good enough my heart gets a little heavy, my facial features, you know, becoming a little bit more stern and all of that, I think you get the point I want to make here, which is we become more the observer 
of how I feel in my body, my sensations, my emotions, and my mental state or, or my thought pattern because they really affect how I vibrate. And how I vibrate has something to do with what then happens outside because like energy attracts like energy. Now, why we want to become more aware of that has to do with culti cultivating a state of being where I can be present to my emotions versus being governed by my emotions. Where I can guide my thoughts versus being driven by my thoughts. Or the same applies to my sensations if I'm overcome by pain versus just being with the pain. And that capability, that skill, we then want to bring to our sexual self. Now, our sexual self is just as impulsive as our emotional self. Like, you know, when I get angry, the anger has me unless I intervene. It's so powerful, you know, this feeling of like, I could just hit something or I could throw something or I could just want to run out like, you know, so aggravated. Now, what tool do I have to intervene? And here's, if it's all right with you, Dorothy, I would like to introduce a quick practice. Yes, please do. Yeah, because that is really the $64 million question. How do I intervene with my habitual impulsive self, which we all are wired for? It's part of being human. There's nothing good or bad about it. So the key here is becoming familiar with the parasympathetic breath, which is the belly breath. We all breathe, you know, it's just we are wired for breathing, otherwise we would die, you know, which is usually up in the lungs, which is called sympathetic breathing. And sympathetic breathing makes us actually more anxious or being more up in the upper part of the body, the head, while parasympathetic breathing, when we breathe into the belly, which many of you who are listening may, may be familiar from your yoga practice or meditation practice, when we breathe into the belly, then the parasympathetic uh, nervous system gets activated. And when that gets activated, uh, the feel-good hormones are released, like endorphins, oxytocin, serotonin. And we use that parasympathetic breath to shift in the moment. And I would like just to lead this practice, you know, for a few moments. So if everybody could sit in a comfortable position, if you're lying down, totally fine. You can sit on a chair or a cushion or on the floor. And if you could place your right hand on your belly around the navel area. And when you are ready, exhale all air. Then taking in a deep breath through the nose, down into the lungs, the trachea, down into the diaphragm, which then extends the belly into your hand like a big balloon. And on the exhalation, follow the breath 
up and out through your nostrils again. Again, a deep breath in through the nose, down the air pipe into the belly, extending the belly like a big balloon. And on the exhalation, follow the breath all the way up and out of your nostrils. Continuing in this breathing pattern, and noticing how your belly rises on the inhalation into the hand, and how the belly falls on the exhalation. And keeping your focus on the breath coming in and going out. There's nothing that you need to do right now. You're just following your breath. Beautiful. And then take a moment while you're breathing in and out and notice your butt, your base resting on the seat or resting on the floor. Letting your glutes, your muscles relax a little bit more with each exhalation. Letting your anal sphincter muscle relax. And letting your yoni sphincter, your vaginal opening, relax. When we let go like that, the pelvic floor opens to the floor, into the earth, Mother Earth. Allowing us to let go. And then coming back to the breath again, noticing the inhale, opening the belly like a big balloon. And on the exhalation, following the breath back up and out of your nostrils. And with your eyes closed, remove your hand, bring it back into your lap. And just watch right now, witness how you're feeling. Notice how your body is feeling. Notice any sensations or the absence of sensations. Notice your emotional self. And notice your state of mind. And then slowly come back by opening your eyes. And Dorothy, would you share with us how you feel right now? Yes, well, I feel much more calm. I feel kind of like a warm sensation in my lower stomach um, or my womb space. Um, I felt not only release, but I also sort of got the picture in my mind of now that I 
let go, um, I'm open to actually receive from below and that in a way my yoni is a second mouth and so if our mouths are always closed and constricted you can only get so far that way but if we can open we can also receive and um yeah flow I guess beautiful wow yes I'm so glad what you shared about the opening because receiving can only happen with opening and let's remind ourselves it's really it's all about us you know myself as a woman it's not just receiving a partner it's receiving myself mm. and um, because if without receiving myself I cannot actually receive another one however let's really keep it with ourselves we don't do this for the sake of another that is just then you know an amplification of who we are all right so the opening of the yoni <laughs> <laughs> the opening of the other mouth i love it <laughs> so now the yoni can start speaking <laughs> and we can listen to her um so wherever you may find yourself right now, having done uh, this practice, just acknowledge. You may be in different places. You may feel like Dorothy, or you may feel a little bit disturbed, or you may feel nothing. Wherever you are, it's just what's there right now. Again, there's nothing good or bad. Yeah, It's just like our noticing, oh, well, this is curious, the way I feel. Be curious with yourself. It's a discovery. And why we all do all of that has to do with you coming more deeply connected with your life force energy, with that source within you. So now let's take it a little further. Why is the breath so important? We already identified one importance, which is uh, when we breathe into the belly, we connect more with the parasympathetic nervous system, which connects us with our feel-good way of being. And it also allows us to create this little pause, because when I breathe, when I focus on the breath, actually... My mind is now busy with focusing on the breath. It cannot be busy with something else, like what's going to happen after this, you know, podcast is over, or I have to pick up the kids, or whatever it may be, you know, that hasn't, doesn't have us be where we are, just like somewhere else. Like that focus on our breath brings us into the present moment, and allows a pause to arise in which we can become the watcher of the feelings, the watcher of how my body senses something, the watcher of my thoughts. So that is another place that I want to cultivate because without that pause and that witness of how I feel right now, I cannot intervene with my feelings. You know, I am a victim to my feelings versus mastering them. 
So now there's one other thing I want to add here, which is that the breath is essential because it goes hand in hand with energy. So how do we know that? If you ever have been present to a human being passing from this planet, the last thing that goes is the breath. And once the breath is go gone, life force energy is gone. So if they go together in dying, they go together when we are alive. And this is what we put uh, to use here with then bringing the breath to our energy. So while energy like that life force energy, we don't generate it. It's been there from the moment we got conceived to the moment we die. However, we can affect the energy, both the subtle energy, like right now, we, you know, most of us are now in a subtle state of energy, energy flows through us, we may be aware of it or not. And at certain moments, it's aroused energy, it shows up as aroused energy. So we can use the breath, the conscious breath to affect flow of energy. So I said earlier, life was energy that feminine essence energy emanates from the base of the spine around our sacral area, which is also connected with the yoni area. And then it moves up to the top of the head, as I shared earlier, and back down again. Now, through the conscious breath, we can actually affect, like embellish that flow. So I want to give an example here, like, I don't know about you, but, you know, what is very common and what I have experienced is that in the height of a climax of orgasm, what happens automatically is like, it feels so good. It's like, <laughs> and then we stop breathing. It feels so good. And what I'm suggesting is actually that you learn to keep breathing through your orgasm because you extend this wonderful pleasure feeling. When we stop breathing, the energy stops from flowing, including the orgasm, because orgasm is orgasmic energy. So by learning to, you know, breathing the energy up from the yoni center all the way up into the heart, into the third eye, and back down again, we can support and guide that life force energy moving through us in a channeled way. And that is what we then bring to aroused energy. So in my self-love practice, which is different from masturbation, now masturbation is great, there's nothing wrong with it, it's just only one way of experiencing this wonderful orgasmic energy. And it is very goal-oriented, like towards the carrot. A self-love practice is not about the goal, it's about the journey. So in the self-love practice, not only that I connect with my body in a loving way, in a cherishing way, uh, as I am connecting with the lover within. So I become the beloved and the lover simultaneously. And that is how I treat myself. 
you know, if you want to treat, be treated beautifully by a partner, you want to cultivate that, treating yourself like that. So it starts out with this beautiful whole body massage connecting. And while I massage myself, I breathe. Because when I breathe, every touch, be it my hand or my breasts or my thighs, when I breathe, that sensation of the touch, I can distribute throughout my body. It's like breathing in the fragrance of a rose. You know, it's like that kind of an experience. And then in the arousal state, I keep breathing through the arousal and really breathing up the arousal, that wonderful feeling from my yoni center, from my nipples or wherever I may, may feel the arousal into my heart, into my third eye, I feel it throughout my body. And that is how we then can channel that wonderful, wonderfully pleasurable, enlivening energy into our visions. So why I mentioned the third eye, because that is connected with our vision, that is connected with our consciousness. And when I can bring up the yoni energy, into my third eye, it's like my yoni kissing my third eye and imbuing the capacity of my consciousness. You know, just like sexual energy imbues the egg and the semen, and boom, new life is created. In the same way, I use my life force sexual energy in an aroused way to imbue what I want to bring forth in life. So an example, when we wrote our book, Sexual Enlightenment, I had these moments of great self-doubt. Now, who's going to read this book? I have nothing to say. Now, just give up, Elspeth. And I knew that was not consistent with who I am, what I want to bring forth in the world, the difference I want to make, but I was stuck. You know, I probably was, you know, accusing Freddie that he was not doing enough in the process, <laughs> you know, finding the reason outside. And to intervene with that, I knew better. So I went to do the self-love practice. I focused on myself. I was breathing. I was connecting with my yoni, bringing up the energy, arousing that wonderful energy, guiding it into my third eye, and that is why I saw it spreading into writing and far beyond into the difference I wanted to make into the life of women, men, couples, and altering the paradigm of the sexual spiritual being into a wholeness versus being a separation. And so then, you know, upon completion of the practice, I went back to my desk. Usually, first I had a conversation with Freddie and said, you know, talked about ideas. And, and then I was open to conversation again, because when I have conversation with Freddie, I get new ideas. It's like, you know, it's like an intercourse in thoughts. But I, it only can happen when I'm open, when I'm a clear channel. And then I went back, kept writing. So it has a very practical impact. Yeah, everything that you're speaking about paradigm shifting is really what comes to mind for me in that 
that sexuality in in this light is not just for procreation of new humans or even only for pleasure but for creation of ourselves for bringing new life into our energy field into our ideas into our capacities to be of service in the world and I just wow it's it's just an amazing way to reframe all of it, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless, which is rare for uh, me. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you for opening up to this because it's yours. I'm just a messenger. You know, it's not. This is not new. This has been around for thousands of years. The ancient. A tantra tradition, the Taoist tradition, they knew about it, you know, and from what they transmitted into the, you know, into modern life is where Freddie Santal and I learned and then connected it with, you know, also Western technologies. That is why we call ourselves Tantra Nova, you know, the ancient and the new. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was something I wanted to build further on, uh, what you said, um, there is something that, you know, um, Napoleon Hill, I don't know if you're familiar with his book, Think and Grow Rich, he interviewed at least 100 businessmen at that time. But what he says is just as applicable to women, it was just not fashionable yet for women to be business leaders. <laughs> you know, but fortunately, we are in such a different place now. And he said that it's really about transmuting he calls it sex energy, uh, you know, in the pursuit in, of our creative self. And that every successful person actually has learned to transmute that energy into their creative pursuits. And so it's available to all of us because it's already within us. It's more the question of accessing it now. And there's one thing I want to which is that in order to access your wonderful life force giving life giving energy there may be also things to be cleared out our the collective qualification of that energy that it's bad or not good that it's sinful uh, personal experiences ranging from sexual abuse to thwarted trust you know, I trusted my dad, and then it doesn't have to be sexual, but it could be emotional. That can affect that life force energy negatively. So in the process, just how it was for me, I needed to get to that place that had held me back, that residual memory. The good news is that it doesn't have to take long to clear that out. It doesn't take years of therapy. If you access it in a way that opens you up, you know, just like for me, once I got there, it was, woo, it didn't take long. So I just also want to open that up, that it's available to everyone, to each of you who is listening, if you're ready to go there, that it doesn't take years, it will take your commitment and that you apply to learn yourself to learning the practice to unleash your feminine essence, your aliveness, 
that is pleasurable in nature. Like sexual energy has two ingredients. One is pleasure and the other one is creativity. And if you are curious about that, you know, really bringing this further into your life, then this is just the best practice I know of. <laughs> and so is it, um, is it accurate to say that Tantra is bringing breath and mindful awareness into our, our sexual practices and that part of our body? And I know you've integrated it with other practices, but is that a way to define it? Because I know I've heard, you know, Tantra and Tantric things from a lot of my life. And I always thought like, oh, that's for weird people. <laughs> but, you know, there's like, there's just the word people think of like, oh, the Kama Sutra and whatever. But to me, what it sounds like you're saying is just in the way that meditation has now become something that people use in their workspace to improve their productivity and, um, and relaxation, it sounds like this would be bringing mindfulness to that aspect of our lives. Is that accurate? You said it so beautifully, Dorothy. It's, um, we often, the self-love practice, we also call sexual meditation. And just as now meditation has become so much more known in mainstream America or in the Western world, um, now just imagining taking meditation as we know to the next level. And yes, it is about mindfulness. It's about the connection of our spiritual self with our sexual self and the sexual self with our spiritual self. They are two sides of the same coin, just like feminine, masculine, or yin and yang. We wouldn't see the black part of the yin and yang if the, uh, if the yin, if the other one wasn't there, you know? They complement each other. So the sexual complements the spiritual, and the spiritual complements the sexual, and that is very counter to what we learned. They we learn that they don't belong together. No, they are integrated, actually. They are, as I said, two sides of the same coin. Right, wow. And what I love about this is that um, as, as many Zen practices and, and mindfulness practices have come to the West, um, we tend to think of this idea of this kind of ascetic monk who you know with the shaved head and he's sitting there he's meditating he's transcending material reality and he's getting away from his body and his desires and his needs um but what i see this practice as being is is using our our not using but but working with our physical selves and acknowledging like yes we do have a body and we do have sensations and we do have energy and electricity and while we don't want to be ruled by it what a beautiful thing to work with it and try to master um, the potential for what we can do in this vessel in this physical body especially for women who you know so much of our lives is is kind of ruled by our cycles and what our womb is doing and what our hormones are doing and we go through so much change it seems like just such a, it's like a no-brainer. Like, of course women need to be given practices to work with and master this. And it kind of blows my mind that that it's not more widely known. Yes, and you are spreading it right now, Dorothy. 
<laughs> You're part of the messengers now. <laughs> Yay, I love it. I'm I'm totally there. <laughs> yes, and this is really how it happens, you know, and then through one woman at a time who is learning to practice and be with her beautiful sexual self and her emotional self, her changes of hormones, you know, to learn to be with it instead of resisting. Mm -hmm. And then we can partner with the magnificence that our body is. Wow. Yeah. So in closing, I just, you know, that pleasure that is built into us, we are amazing as human beings, given that we have this nervous system. Through the nervous system, we can feel. If we didn't have a nervous system, we wouldn't feel. We couldn't feel pleasure. We couldn't feel pain. And back to what you said, you know, to actually be in our body and feel pleasure and be with pleasure, allowing pleasure and letting go of any shame or fear or guilt or whatever may be coming with it or not, you know, um, is then also to actually tap into that pleasure self that, you know, is connected to our sexual life force energy and making use of it. And while we do it, we enjoy it, you know. It's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> yes. So can I, can I share about the gift I have for oh, everybody? Please do, yes. Where can our listeners find more information about you online and tell us about this special gift that you would like to offer? Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, so given that we, you know, just touched on one practice here, I thought it would be really great if I could give you more practices. And I have a DVD download, which is called Awaken to Your Feminine Essence. And it leads you through the foundational, what we call foundational practices to connect more deeply with your feminine essence. So I guide you through that. Um, and I didn't want to leave you hanging with just the belly breath. So you can really build and start your practice and start connecting uh, with yourself in that way. And then you can find uh, me at tantranova.com. It's T-A-N-T-R-N-A. N like in Nancy, O, V like in Victor, A, Chantranova, like Supernova. <laughs> and um, you can browse around there. There are, we have workshops. I teach women workshops only, and then also couples workshops. If you feel, if you have a man in your life, he could use, you know, some boost, send him to Freddie's workshop <laughs> for men only. And then there are online um, opportunities, both, uh, live uh, online offerings and then just online self-guided depending on where you're living um, and we have a book sexual enlightenment and a home study course so you know just see what may suit you wonderful thank you so much Elsbeth for sharing this beautiful wisdom and um, yeah I can't wait to learn more and tune in to tantranova.com and I hope that all our listeners get a chance to try it out as well thank you so much Dorothy 
Thank you for listening to the show. I hope it's inspired you to expand your mindfulness and self-love practices. I also wanted to let you know that I've decided to share a new offering that I'm calling Quarter Moon Updates. Twice a month, I'll be combing through the web to bring you a curated list of life-affirming messages, beauty medicine, and self-care tips. These are the things that are lighting me up at the moment, and I hope they bring you joy as well. Sign up to receive them in your inbox at moontent.co. If you scroll to the bottom of any page on the website, you'll see the sign-up form. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on iTunes and write a review. Our theme music is Butterflies March by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. That's our show. I'll see you on the next new moon.